بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم لا حول ولا قوت الا بالله العلی العظیم الحمد لله رب العالمین صلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا ابي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى اله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقيه الله في الارضين اجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من اعوانه وانصاره Alhamdulillah, we have uh, Tawfiq to start again our uh, reflections on Munajatul Ta'ibin and today we should start from this part of the Munajat which is about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving us the ability to return Imam alayhi salam says to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala O oh Allah you are the one who has opened a door a gate to your pardon and named it repentance Ilahi أنت الذي فتحت لعبادك بابا إلى عبدك سميته التوبة. So it is Allah who Himself has designed, has planned such an option for us that if we do something wrong. we have a way to restore the damage that we have caused we have a way to compensate we have a way to return if it was only one way and that is just to go away from God and he would not have welcomed us back then most of people would have been destroyed. Most of people would have been no chance because most of people make mistakes, make sins and shaitan actually very much loves us not to be able to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah is so merciful that he wants us to go back therefore he has planned this tawbah, this repentance for us and not only he has made it available he has encouraged us to go back to him he doesn't encourage us to commit sins and go back to him but if it happens that we have committed sins he encourages us to go back to him and even he says he loves those who repent he loves those who repent a lot So we have to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that among all other blessings that he has had for us one of the special blessings is that he has encouraged us he has asked us to go back to him so we say my God my Lord You are the one who has opened for his servants the, 
a gate to his pardon and you called it tawbah repentance faqulta and then you said in your book in the quran tubu ila allah tawbatan nasuha this is by itself a very important legislation a very important instruction that god says you should repent you should return to your lord tubu ila allah tawbatan nasuha what type of return what type of repentance a sincere one nasuh means sincere means pure genuine not something that we just say but we don't really mean it we say we are sorry please forgive us but we may do the same again in future okay now that god has invited us to go back to him fama udru man aghfala dukhul albab ba'da fathih fama udru man aghfala dukhul albab ba'da fathih so what type of excuse would remain for someone who would be heedless of entering this gate after it is opened by God if God had not opened this gate for us the sinful people would say okay so what can we do we cannot go back to him he has not let us to go back to him but now that God has himself opened the door to us to return and he has asked us to return which is a kind of invitation for returning so if someone is heedless it's his problem those who are clever those who are alert they should take benefit of this offer of god and go back to him then we say to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ilahi in kana qabahu min abdik o allah if committing sins by your servant is very bad is very ugly which is the case of course it is very bad falyahsunil afu man indik but your pardon is very good and very beautiful so if i have done something wrong and me and you both know that it was wrong it was ugly at the same time we both know that your pardon is beautiful so we don't have this agreement with god we both agree that what i did was wrong and we both agree that his pardon is beautiful so in a sense we are requesting god very politely please pardon us please forgive us because that is something beautiful that you can do and something beautiful that would be suitable for someone like you then we say to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
in order to uh, bring also hope to ourselves because many of the things that we say to Allah has direct impact on ourselves we say oh Allah my Lord ma ana man I know that I did something very bad so I'm not saying this to underestimate my crime no what I did was terrible but at the same time we know that I was not the first person who disobeyed you and you turned toward him so if there were other people before me that they disobeyed you and then you accepted their tawbah and turned towards them so I should not be an exception I hope that you treat me the same way this is your manner this is your way of forgiving your servants so I am not special I am not unique if this has been your habit of forgiving sinful people in the past so please do it the same thing with me I am not the first person who disobeyed you and you returned to him I am not the first person who has thought to attain your favor, who has exposed himself to your favor, to your blessings, and you showed your generosity to him. I'm not the first person to whom you have been generous. It has been your habit. So please treat me the same way. Ya mujib al muttar. Oh, responder to the distressed, the one who is desperate. You know, when we are muttar, when we have no hope other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most likely time that He would pay attention to us. Amman yujibul because when you are really desperate and you know there is no other one to help you, you sincerely, wholeheartedly go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah will not uh, forget you, will not you know, abandon you if you really ask Him for help. So, Ya Mujib al Muttar, I am really Muttar. I am the one who has disobeyed the Lord of the heavens and the earth, the Lord of all human beings and jinns and angels and all these beings of the universe. And I have no one to help me other than you. So I am really Mustar, and you are the only one who can help this Mustar. Ya Kashifabur. Oh, the one whose quality is to remove the problems, the injury, the harm, the damage 
I have not come to someone who is not able to solve my problem. I have not come to someone who doesn't care about me or doesn't have the resources to help me. I have come to someone whose habit, whose quality is to help and to remove the injury which is caused. Ya Azim al-Birr O the one who is great in his goodness and kindness. Not only you have good qualities, you are kind, but in being kind, you are magnificent. In being kind, you are great. No one can be like you in being kind. Mothers and fathers who love very much their children compared to you are nothing. No one can be compared to you. People like Hatamata'i who were generous, even if people went for help to them and they helped them and then they went again, they helped them, they never told them, you know, you have been here before, because they love to be generous. Such people compared to you are nothing. Whatever from generosity is there, it's a drop from your ocean. So, Ya Azim al Birr, O the one who is great in his goodness and kindness. Ya Ali Man Bima Fisr, O the one who knows what is hidden. What is inside us? What is secret? You know all our problems. You know also our hidden intention. If there is anything good or bad inside us, you know it. But at the same time, you don't let bad things to be known. Sometimes when we have a good quality, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discloses our good quality to other people so that people love us, people respect us. Actually, sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make people think in a very positive way about us, which is actually more than what they are. As we say in Dua'i Kumil, وَكَمْ مِنْ ثَنَاءٍ جَمِيلٍ لَسْتُ أَحْلًا لَهُ so many beautiful praise about me that I don't deserve it, but you have a spread. People start talking about me with admiration. This is your love. So you hide my bad qualities and you show my good qualities even you let people think of me much better than what I am. Like parents who don't want people to know about problems of their children and they always want people praise their children so ya jamil satr oh the one who is beautiful in his covering you don't let our bad things to be known so after calling allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with these beautiful names and qualities we say 
استشفعت بجودك وكرمك إليك I don't need to go far I don't need to go away from you I ask your own generosity and your own nobleness and honor to be my shafi'ah so that I can come to you. It's very beautiful. Although we can have shafi'ah, those who intercede for us, like the Quran, like the Prophet and Ahlul Bayt, but one of the greatest shafi'ah that we have is Allah's beautiful qualities. Istashfa'atu bijudika wa karamika ilayka. So I ask your own jude and generosity, your own karam, which is honor and dignity, to intercede for me. It's very beautiful. Watabasaltu bijanabika watarahumika ladaik. I seek your side and you're showing mercy to mediate with you. Tawassul means to appeal, to find a vasila, an instrument, so that you can go to Allah and please Allah. So now I want Allah's attention and Allah's mercy to help me out. Fastajib du'a'i. So please answer my dua please accept my dua please grant my supplication which first of all is to be forgiven please do not disappoint me please do not disappoint my hope in you you know one of the things that good people never want to happen is to disappoint people when someone comes to you with hope with real hope that you can help me help him you never want to disappoint him even if it is difficult for you for Allah nothing is difficult for Allah nothing is impossible in the sense that if you ask you know something possible he has all the resources. Yes, if you ask Allah for something impossible, that's logically impossible. That's another issue. But I mean anything which is logically possible, for Allah is possible. He doesn't need to ask for permission. He doesn't need to you know, save some money, for example, so that he can help us. He doesn't need time. He doesn't need anything. So everything which is uh, reasonable, and we ask him for something which is reasonable, he can give it to us. So when we go to him with the hope, with the expectation that he's going to give us, inshallah, he is not going to disappoint us. Even if he doesn't give us right away, he gives us later, or he gives us something greater. But he never, you know, disappoints us. La tukhayyib fi karajai. Please do not disappoint my hope in you. 
Please accept my repentance. So Toba is an action. And it's actually one of the righteous actions, one of the righteous deeds, Amal Saleh, which can be accepted. If you do it in a right way with sincere intention, it is an Amal Saleh and Allah accepts that in the same way that Allah accepts your Salat, accepts your um, Sadaqah, your charity, your Hajj, your Zakat, your Ziyarah, your recitation of the Quran. Allah accepts also Tawbah. If Tawbah is accepted, then you would be able to get rid of the burden of the sin and indeed you may even be rewarded for your tawbah taqabbal tawbati wa kaffir khati'ati please also hide my sin my offense i don't want people even i don't want your angels to know about it i don't want even them to know that I have committed sins and they were forgiven. Because it's still it's very bad that people know I have committed sins, I am forgiven. Like for example, a person who was in prison, then he was forgiven. Or a criminal who later regretted and after some time he was forgiven. No, I don't want people to know about my record of sinning, my record of disobeying you so please hide my offense before and after Tawbah I never want anyone to know about them even if it is forgiven I ask all these things from you not because I am a special not because I have something that can force you to forgive me and give me all these things or I have something that make me deserve. No. The only thing that makes me hopeful and brings expectations of forgiveness to me is man. Your favor, your kindness, your mercy. Through your kindness, through your generosity, through your um, way of obliging me and your mercy. Ya Arhamar Rahameen, O most merciful of the merciful. Who is more merciful than God? No one. He is the most merciful of the merciful. And in the papers on understanding God's mercy, in the message of Thakalin.com, we have explained in details how the attributes of mercy in the Quran are by far the most frequently mentioned attributes of God. There are about 600-596 cases in which directly attributes of mercy are mentioned in the Quran much much more than any other quality of God so with such a merciful God that we have we should have all the hope to be forgiven 
if we are not forgiven it's because we really didn't try we didn't want to be forgiven we just said verbally astaghfirullah but in our heart we didn't want to be forgiven why because in our heart we didn't have determination to stop sinning and something that is very important and uh, I actually try to repeat this again and again is that a real Tawbah happens when you improve your understanding your love for Allah your commitment after Tawbah you know sometimes for example I am hungry and Nauzubillah I am not strong and patient so as soon as I'm hungry when I see I have no money I may steal some money to buy a food and eat later when my hunger is over and I'm full I'm full then I say astaghfirullah rabbi wa atubu what a bad thing I did why I no, stole some money but the reason I'm saying this is because now I am not under pressure I have had food my hunger is over but tomorrow if I am put in the same condition again I may steal again I return afterwards to God and say astaghfirullah rabbi wa okay this is something that happens to many people but a real ta'ib we are talking about munajat al-ta'ibin, a real repentant, a real person who repents is the one that when he commits a sin, like for example if he steals money to buy food, even after being put again in the same condition, he would not repeat. Not that when his hunger is over he repents. Not that, for example, when he is no longer young and the pressure which is for young people is over, then he is good. Now, sometimes when we grow, become middle-aged or become old, we become good people. We repent. We don't commit any sin that we used to commit when we were young. Okay, this is good. Inshallah, Allah will accept it. But this is not the best thing. The real Tawbah is that even if you are again young, even if you are again under great pressure, you have so much increased your love for Allah, your understanding of ugliness of sins, that you will never repeat it. This is Tawbah al-Nasu. This is sincere and pure Tawbah. And this is a Tawbah which is indeed a Daraja. This is indeed a station and a high rank in your journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This type of tawbah is very much loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you have reached a higher level of commitment, a higher level of taqwa. This is important. 
Okay, I hope, uh, inshallah, these quick uh, reflections that we had on this munajat uh, have been helpful. And we have decided to have every munajat in two sessions. But uh, for munajat al-ta'abin, because we had uh, to have some introduction to the concept of munajat and these 15 munajat, so it became three. Inshallah, every other munajat would be studied quickly in two sessions. Now we can address the questions. We have two questions remaining from the last week. And I think, inshallah, soon I will receive them as well. So... If Brother Hossein can kindly send me the remaining questions from last week till we receive also new questions. By the way, I should thank uh, Sister Nassim from the UK for preparing the brief summary of uh, the last two sessions that we had. If you go to the section about, uh, which is for the previous parts, uh, you find there is uh, audio, there is video of the first two lectures, and also there is a, a slideshow of the key points of the webinar. So we hope that inshallah we will keep uh, this option available and we ask Allah to reward Sister Nassim for this good, you know, initiative that she has had. Please you also be creative and innovative. So if you think there is any way we can improve uh, the quality and the benefit of these sessions, please share it with us. Okay, soon inshallah I'm going to receive the questions. By the time I receive the questions, I would like to emphasize again on Allah's mercy, especially when it comes to Tawbah. Not only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives, but as we said in the previous session, He has made it necessary and obligatory for Himself to forgive. He has made it necessary for himself to be merciful with respect to us, with respect to the sinful people. And something that he may even do is that not only he forgives, not only he may remove the sins from the record of our action, he may even transform our bad deeds into good deeds. So he rewards us for our bad sins after they are forgiven. So someone has spent some money in gambling, for example, but he repents and then Allah says, okay, this money is accepted as charity because you have changed. Someone has gone to, for example, a sinful meeting, to a sinful gathering, but then Allah 
forgives him and transforms this as going to the good meeting, to a you know beneficial meeting. So this is amazing that how merciful is Allah. Okay, two questions from last week. One is about listening to these du'as in Arabic, if Arabic cannot be read. Yes, that is very beautiful, if you can read in Arabic and to listen to the actual words which are used by Imam. These are very beautiful, but uh, the main or the most important thing is to be able to understand the concepts and if you need to use your own language and translation into your own language, that's okay. But to be able to read it or listen it in Arabic, it's extra uh, merit. But by no means you should think that because you cannot read Arabic or listen it in, to it in Arabic, then you cannot benefit. No, you can benefit from any language, but inshallah gradually Gradually, we should try all to learn at least some basic Arabic. In Namaz al-Shab, we recite uh, Al-Af. Does it mean asking Allah to forgive and forget? Yes. Al-Af means to pardon. And I think Af is a special type of forgiveness. It seems to um, uh, be rational or reasonable to suggest that af is a type of forgiveness which comes with removing the burden and the darkness caused by sin so it's a special powerful type of forgiveness and we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala many many times for af because this is very important thing for us to achieve. Okay, now we have another question. Thank you for this enlightening lecture. You are welcome. Please, can you elaborate on the example you had given last time about the eating of haram food when hungry and then repenting? Specifically, what should be done to build resistance against this type of sin? A sin which seems impossible to resist, but later results in remorse. But again, in a similar situation, the same sin is committed. Thank you. You are welcome. Yeah, uh, actually, today also I repeated this example because I think it's very important. And the best thing to do to reach that level is to reflect on the bad outcomes of sins. You know, if we really understand how bad and ugly is to commit a sin in general, and that particular type of sin that we are unfortunately uh, suffering from, and we have the habit of doing that by understanding, um, understanding the significance of sins in general. And that particular one, in particular, we would be able to resist better. Because the power of resistance very much comes from knowledge. But knowledge is not just theoretical knowledge. Many times we know something and then we ignore it. We know something and we do the opposite. But knowledge, which is accompanied 
by reflection, by thinking, by tafakkur. For days and days, we think about the ugliness of sin. How can I disobey God? I owe everything to God, even my being, I, my I-ness, my identity, my existence, everything is from God. So how can I disobey Him? Especially when I know that He doesn't want anything for Himself. He does everything for me. How can my love for God and my understanding of His infinite love for me allow me to commit a sin? Especially, most of these sins are also harmful to other people. If I steal some money, that is someone's money, that he may be in great need for that. If I damage someone's reputation, if I, for example, hurt someone's emotions and feelings, these add to the negative side of sins. So it's not only a personal sin, it's also something that affects others. How much good I can do if I am a pious person? So, if we think again and again about our relation with God, about whatever Allah has done for us, and about ugliness of sins, inshallah, gradually we will reach the point that we never, you know, commit sins. If we commit sins, it would be only when we forget, only when we are not really aware. Otherwise, it's impossible for a mu'min to commit a sin consciously with understanding that he's committing sin. Number four, after you have repented several times sincerely, is it still necessary to remember the sins that you had committed and ask for repentance again? In other words, is it necessary to remember those sins over and over again or not to remember the sins, just ask for forgiveness for all sins? I personally think that it's better to remember those sins again and again because, first of all, I am not sure whether I have really repented sincerely or not. I, I feel, but maybe there is something, maybe there has been some obstacle that has stopped that sin to be forgiven. Not there was any problem in God, but maybe there was some problem in me. Therefore, we should try to repeat them again and again. There is no harm in that. And we don't want to take any risk. I don't want to leave any sin unless it is forgiven. Therefore, it's better to repeat. And I think it's also a matter of humbleness that Allah sees that how much I am suffering by remembering my previous sins. So, inshallah, He will forgive and He will show me more mercy. But you must not overdo this. You must not do this out of, you know, yas and despair. That is not good. But if you do it reasonably, it is good, and I think this is a kind of politeness. You know, if someone, for example, has done something wrong to you, if he once asks for forgiveness and you say, okay, I forgave him, but then again another time he says, sorry, I still remember you know, what I did. You know, you feel 
very much close to that person, you feel that person is very polite, very nice, and you want to do something to improve your relation with that person. Salamun alaikum. If you have questions to ask, what is your email address, please? Uh, my email address is mashomali at hotmail.com m-a-s-h-o-m-a-l-i at hotmail.com uh, I try to answer to your question as much as possible but because I receive many many emails so please you know don't feel that uh, I have disregarded your important questions but inshallah hopefully at least I give you a note that I have received and I try my best Please remember us in your dua also so that Allah gives us more tawfiq to serve you. After struggling to be close to Allah for a long time, why is it that sometimes we feel that we have lost the connection to Allah and again after concentrating more we get the connection back? How can we avoid this disconnect? This disconnect in a sense is natural. Why I'm saying in a sense because unfortunately <laughs> You know, unnatural things for us have become natural. The most natural thing is to be always connected to God, but for human beings like us to be sometimes disconnected has become natural. And so this is not odd. This is not something that happens to one person or two people. Uh, we have varying conditions. We have uh, transient situations. What is important is that Whenever we feel, you know, down, we feel that we are disconnected, we go back quickly. So it may not be at the beginning in my control uh, to keep always myself in a high level of connection, but it is in my control to try to get reconnected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whenever we feel that we are somehow not connected to Allah, we should be hopeful and try to get connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the main thing. That at the end you become again connected to Allah in the fastest uh, and shortest time. And one of the things that may cause being, feeling disconnected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is being very much busy in your life or very much... Uh, you know, loaded with lots of different activities, lots of different, you know, concerns. So this by itself can be a problem. And for some people, of course, it's because they're attached to dunya and that is why they're disconnected. But for some people, it's not necessarily attachment to dunya. It's just involvement in worldly affairs because of lots of responsibilities or lots of things that they have taken uh, on the board. Salaam alaikum. If a non-Muslim wants to convert, what does he has to say initially to say, and he become a Muslim? Does he have to pray from day one? Can he read from a paper in wajib namaz till the learns? Thank you so much. Yeah. If a person wants to convert to Islam, so the first thing is that when he is sure about this, he should declare shahadatain. So he says. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, God with capital G. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was his messenger. 
and he if he wants to follow the school of Ahlul Bayt, he also says Ashhadu Anna Aliyan Baliyullah. I bear witness that Ali was a person who was appointed by God as his guardian. Uh, by saying this, this person becomes a Muslim, and he should try to perform his duties uh, as much as possible. If he cannot do all of them immediately, he is still a Muslim. But like any other Muslim, he has to make sure that he performs all his responsibilities. But if he, for example, for some reason cannot, if he really cannot, because, for example, he needs time to learn, then he will be forgiven, inshallah. But he shouldn't, uh, you know, be lazy or he shouldn't, you know, postpone doing good things because gradually shaitan becomes more powerful. At the beginning, when you become a Muslim, you have all the power because you have shown the power of will by conversion. So now Allah helps you and you can become a good person and you can become a very special actually person. I always, you know, say that there are people who convert and from the first day they are amongst the best Muslims because they have converted out of their commitment to the truth and to be truthful is one of the most important qualities of a Muslim therefore you have such a power and you can resist against shaitan so be committed to observe all your wajibat or obligations but if for any reason you cannot do some of them you are still a Muslim therefore don't let shaitan to say you are not a Muslim so give up no you are a Muslim who is struggling and inshallah day by day you become better and better if you cannot read uh, the Salat by heart you can read from a paper but uh, you can also for example listen to a recording and it's not also necessary to read all those parts of Salat which are mustahab, which are recommended. I have heard that some ulama have some reservation about reading from a paper. I, I didn't see it myself, but uh, you can check with your own marja, because one of the things that you have to do from the beginning is to choose the most knowledgeable, pious scholar uh, and faqih, jurist, to follow in your practical rulings. Do you have to say your sins aloud to Allah or you can think in your mind? Yes, you can just think in your mind, but it's better to say Astaghfar. You don't need to mention your sin one by one. Uh, you can remember them in your mind and heart, but the formula of Astaghfar, Astaghfirullah Rabbi wa Atubu ilai, or its equivalent in other languages, should be uh, said. Assalamu alaikum, alaikum assalam. Thank you for enlightening us with your lectures. You are most welcome. My question is about dreaming. I had a dream when I was younger that scared me. Do these types of dreams mean anything or should we disregard these kinds of dreams? What kind of dream do we take seriously? Dreams are important but not necessarily uh, they mean what we understand from them. Some of the dreams need really to be interpreted by an expert and sometimes they can mean quite opposite to what we think 
Also, some of the dreams are not true dreams. They are not royal yasadiqe. They can be false dreams. So, if you, for example, as someone who is an expert would say, no, this is not a real dream. Uh, those dreams which happen before Fajr, before dawn, uh, is uh, possible to be true dreams, but not necessarily. My suggestion is that whenever you have a dream, and in your dream there is a message that you think is there for you, take that message seriously, but not do it exactly as it is in the dream. Take it seriously and check it with the Quran and Sunnah and Aql to see if there is anything that you have been missing, if there is anything that you have forgotten, if there is anything that you have to learn, you can ask also people. This is the most important thing. The most important thing is not what is going to happen in future or, you know, for example, what is, you know, um, registered as my destiny. These are the things that gradually we will know. The most important thing, what should I do at this time? You know, for example, you tell me your dream means that you are going to die after 10 years or 1 year or 100 years. Okay, this is important, but it's not that important. The main thing is what should I do now? So, this is always the main concern of a moment. When he has a dream, when he has a meeting, when he reads a book, when he hears something from people, always uses that as an opportunity to think about what he should do, what she should do, and what maybe is forgotten, why maybe is not receiving enough attention. Okay, so I am very uh, happy for uh, being able to be with you and thank you very much for your questions. We pray together to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive all our sins in these holy months, in these blessed months, in these months of Rajab, which is the months in which Allah's mercy showers upon us. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send his salutations to the Prophet and his household and to let us to be with Muhammad and Ali Muhammad in dunya and akhirah. May Allah be your support, be your guide and your help all your life inshallah. And inshallah uh, yeah, there is, in the case of praying for your Hawaii, many times we cannot say everything verbally, what we know heart. Okay, of course, uh, it's very important to remember your Hawaii in your heart, but um, if sometimes you can say them also by, uh, you know, words, would be more powerful and it brings more uh, concentration, more attention, and inshallah, Allah will, you know, answer. But if you cannot or for any reason you know you don't want to say to have them in your heart is uh, again enough uh, for being a dua a dua doesn't need necessarily to be said but if possible it's better you know to say it if you are alone to say it even not very loudly but very quietly because when you say something it has lots of power. Maybe sometime, inshallah, in future we can explain this. Thank you very much for your attention.
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.